All right, Evan Lazar from Foxborough. And uh, hey, that was uh, that didn't look like it was going to go the Patriots' way. Uh, for those of you just uh, tuning in right now, it's Patriots post game show. Evan Lazar is somewhere tucked away at Gillette Stadium right now. Patriots post game uh, press conferences are about to get underway, but we're going to talk about what we just all witnessed there, which was a game it looked like Cam Newton had thrown away. Um, giving it to the Cardinals with a horrible interception late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Zane Gonzalez misses an easy, a very makeable field goal. Patriots get the ball back, drive just close enough into Nick Folk's 51-yard field goal range, and he sneaks a 50-yarder through the upright fires, and that's it, Evan. Patriots win this one. 2017 improved to 5-6 and six on the season. Let's first talk about what we saw late in the game how this all uh transpired we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the game terrific game by the defense um really awful game by cam newton on a lot of different ways and we will talk about it he's not absolved but this almost evan turned into the fifth time in six games where he had the ball in his hands and gave it away and he did and it was a horrible int but again it turned it's a win we'll focus on the positive to start so evan just talk through here the end of the game and just everything that transpired that led to this patriots win well, I thought that this was one of the better performances by the Patriots defense all season long and containing Kyler Murray. And finally, I think a lot of us have been clamoring to see some of the zero blitzes, some of the pressure packages that we've seen over the last couple of years. Didn't see them a whole lot in the first 10 weeks of the season. Finally, the Patriots defense feel comfortable in week 12 to bring out some of those zero blitzes and exotic schemes up front, get after Kyler Murray. I thought there were numerous times in this game where Kyler Murray looked confused as to what he was looking at exactly from the Patriots defense, the coverage rotations, the pressures up front wasn't completely a clean game by Kyler either. So I thought there was a lot of confusion there on the offense side of the ball. One of the worst offensive performances of the year for the Patriots. They couldn't run the football because Arizona was loading the box. Then they couldn't make them pay by throwing the football because Cam Newton had an off game but they finally had that one call at the end of the game it was a read option play I don't know if it was zone or gap read I have to see a replay but they blitzed the safety Buda Baker came right down we talked about it all week long that the Cardinals were going to be really heavy with the safety blitzes they blitzed the safety off the edge they lost containment of Cam Newton on the option play and he kept it out the back door and that was that big play of the drive and then finally they got the penalty tacked on and they get it your thoughts on that penalty, Evan? I know, again, I mean, I don't I – mean, he was in bounds, um, and it's a quarterback, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if that was helmet to helmet or, or, or what, but it was marginal, I thought. It was a brutal game by the referees all, all around, really, and I thought that on that hit – it was such a it was such a big hit, and it was uh, close enough to the head. I think that they knew that after all the mess ups that they made on the other side of the ball, you know, with the Patriots on the gunner return, for example, that took four points off the board. You know, they eventually got the field goal on that drive instead of a touchdown. Uh, com- a couple of those penalties, I thought, on Arizona's drive to tie the game. A couple holding calls. Jason McCourty clearly held. Thought Stephon Gilmore got really kind of screwed over on a couple of calls there on that drive. The DPI that got called both ways and the holding call in the end zone when you have Hopkins versus Gilmore it's two guys just kind of going head to head two of the best in the game just sort of let them play it out if there's something egregious and obviously you call it but these ticky tack holds and DPIs and stuff like that that they called a couple on Gilmore I think is is really hit or miss I mean look at what we saw in this game from the officiating standpoint only and this again would have been a huge topic in the game if the Patriots lose but like 
okay, I get letter of the law. It's perhaps that the right call is made uh, on the, uh, it was a Jennings, right? Yes. Uh, on the end of Anthony Jennings uh, block right. there on the gunner touchdown, which again, it's what do you expect? If you're watching in football and you're using common sense, what do you expect the guy to do there? He's going to crack back. He's going to make a play. Right. The alternative is to let the guy tackle him. I know what you're saying is the right football play is just kind of set a pick, just get in his way, Correct. slow him down enough because you know that they're going to call that violent hit or they might call it. But you're looking at th things you just don't see happen very often in NFL games, which is basically uh, – a penalty is facing another guy and they're calling it a blindside block and then offsetting interference penalties, which was yeah. just a ridiculous call. Just like that. You know what those, you know what the offsetting pass interference penalties no are? Interference. No call. It's right. no penalty. It's right. no flag, not two flags. That was ridiculous. There. And again, especially just, with how much it favored the offense to have it favors the offense because it get it you replay it down right, it right. pass. Right, exactly. So it's third and three. Instead of being fourth yeah. and three, you got the no call or kind of the washout call that gives them another third and three, and they pick it up with Kyler on the ground the next play. And that that was a brutal call for the Patriots. The Jennings thing, I know a lot of Patriots fans are extremely frustrated by that call. And it's even questionable if it was called correctly by the letter of the law when you look back at the play because he really didn't initiate contact necessarily. It was kind of a mutual contact type of situation. But when you're working your way back towards the end zone, whether you turn or you get momentum towards your own end zone, you can't block backwards. You can't block back into the field like that. They made that rule to protect guys. I don't know if it necessarily does protect guys, but that's why the rule is there. And it's a bad rule. It's a bad written rule rule that really puts the refs in a tough position to make a quick judgment call just like that so I think overall the refs really had a terrible game for both teams and were extremely wishy-washy and really ruined the entire flow of a game that wasn't going to necessarily be a great offensive game anyways but any semblance of sort of flow or continuity from this game went out the door once all the flags started coming out yeah so let's get to um uh, have to discuss here again the Patriots are fortunate to get a win here, but it was interesting last week, Evan, in a game where we lost by a horrible performance by the defense, and Cam Newton actually played pretty well. Yeah. Um, and all of the ire after the game was directed at Newton and play calling and the offense and McDaniels and very little on the defense. This is a game where I think you can look at Newton and say not only statistically was it a poor game, it was an Again, I bet when you go back and you look at this tape here, we're going to see rece receivers open and him just yeah. not throwing, sitting in the pocket for who knows what, uh, just refusing to throw. And again, this is the NFL. Uh, this, is, this isn't this is college where guys are running open by 15 yards in the middle of the field and you just hit them, you know. One in two steps is separate separation here he's not leading receivers he's not making these tight window throws he's hanging on to the ball and not seeing what's out in front of him I mean this was this was among his worst overall performances of the year I thought and that's before he almost handed the ball on just I mean a, that 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 play was a, a disaster from the beginning that interception not only was it telegraphed going he also just threw to the wrong shoulder I mean he basically threw it to it was Kirkpatrick right correct 
He just basically threw it directly to Kirkpatrick. You could, that was like a train wreck. You watched it happening in slow motion. You're like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Is he throwing it there? And he threw it right to him. So, I mean, just your thoughts on what you saw. And again, just reminding everybody at home, Evans at Gillette Stadium, uh, he has the unique perspective of being a lot more of the field than we're seeing at home. So what were you seeing just watching kind of Cam go through this and struggle as he did today? Yeah, I saw two things. One, this was probably his most inconsistent performance accuracy-wise since the COVID games, you know, the two couple of games there where he was really kind of shooken up due to the COVID-19 diagnosis. And what we saw also on top of that is what you mentioned is just instances where he's just holding the ball in the pocket and not necessarily having the right timing or syncing up with his receivers. I, I thought there was a play early on in the game where he threw a slant to Demir Bird. And he threw it late. It looked like the, re- the defensive back might have gotten there a tad early too. But that's a play where Demir Bird smokes the guy at the line of scrimmage on a little slant. And if you throw the ball right at, to him out of his break, then he's got a chance to make the play. But instead, the ball comes out too late. Then there was later on in the game, the James White screen, where he throws the screen you know, above James White's head. And the whole entire timing of the play just gets thrown out because of the inaccurate pass by the quarterback. So a lot of inaccuracies today from Cam. I didn't think he saw the field very well either. There are a couple of plays where it's hard to tell. Sometimes, you know, he's looking front side and there might be a receiver open backside. And you kind of wonder about his mental timing and progression speed at that point, right? Because you see the front side of the play is really covered up pretty well, but then you see a, a Jacoby Myers, for instance, open on the back side of the read, and you wonder, you know, should he have gotten off that first side faster to get to the second th- in the read or get to the check down in the read or whatever the case may be? He also still, and I don't really necessarily blame him for this at this point because it's clearly something that they just they want to ignore the tight end in the flat. Everybody gets so annoyed by it. But when Cam is looking one way and the tight ends in the flat on the other side and the back side of the progression, he is just completely ignoring that receiver all season long. So there are some instances where he's going to take a sack in the pocket where if he can just get his eyes over to Ryan Izzo in the flat quickly, then maybe you pick up a couple of yards and avoid a negative play. So today was all about a performance from the quarterback that was really poor, I thought, for the offense. You know, if you can't make the Cardinals pay for putting guys in the box and putting eight guys in the box and loading up against the run, then they're just going to keep doing that to shut down your running game. Your passing game is too inconsistent to take advantage, and that's how you get a performance like this today from the Patriots' offense. Last week, it was the opposite, right? The Texans loaded the box, made Cam Newton throw, and he threw it it extremely well, which really cost the Texans for putting all those guys in the box and really trying to stop the Patriots' running game. Towards the end of this game, the Cardinals were so – unafraid of the Patriots passing game that they had all 11 players on defense within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. They just didn't care. They just knew the Patriots weren't going to be able to throw it over their heads. They weren't afraid of anybody at the Patriots wide receiver group at all. Jacoby Myers got uh, trailed by uh, Patrick Peterson the entire game, shadowed by Patrick Peterson the entire game, and they did not have any fear in the world that the Patriots are going to be able to throw the ball successfully. That's as the game wore on, and they saw that Cam Newton was off. So, and here lies the greatest uh, dilemma when it comes to assessing the Patriots situation right now. You're still technically in the hunt here at five and six. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and we're fairly certain that they're not moving on from Cam at any point in time. And we're also, we've talked about this so much. It's a broken record. We're also fairly certain they don't believe much in Stidham. But at what point 
after seeing Cam, you, there, it was easy to make some, I, I don't want to use the term excuses, but it was easy, easy to see or to, to come up with reasons for why there were struggles early in the season or at different points, both with the shortened preseason and the COVID situation. But when you have a game like this kind of pop up, this late in the year it really does and again everyone's entitled to a bad game you just keep seeing the same things that concern you about newton where if his name was cam newton and you are evaluating the quarterback position as it is watching him you know fail to recognize uh when receivers are open not even look in certain directions hold on to the ball not feel the rush uh, and be wildly inaccurate as he is uh, you would, would be all over it here. If this person was not named Cam Newton, a game like this could be grounds for an immediate benching. So uh, how much longer do you just continue on with a one-on, one-off sort of and be okay with it? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, the inconsistencies is the key thing, right? If you get stable performance, even if it's not elite peak performance by Cam Newton, but just something stable ah, enough right. To, to, right, to keep the offense rolling, that's one thing. Now, the one thing I, I will say is that he did add quite a bit of value with his legs in this game. A couple yes. of different design runs. Which we talked that was about really a big too. part of the game plan. Yes. When we talked yeah, about the big part of the that. game plan today. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Continue on. But that was right. that's something we didn't understand why he wasn't doing it more, uh, especially at times when it was being made available to him. But you're right. The threat of that opens things up a little bit when you know that he's going to take off and run. He hadn't been doing that. And yeah, today they called a few. Yeah, so he ran in the ball nine times for 46 yards. They ran that lead play where they put Jakob Johnson at his typical fullback spot, and it's just Cam Newton in the backfield with Jakob Johnson. He gets them an extra blocker on the line of scrimmage and allows them to run basically fullback lead that you see when they turn it off and hand it to the running back. But this time it's just the quarterback straight up the gut with the fullback as the lead blocker. That play was nice for them. They also ran, obviously, that read option play at the end on the game-winning drive, which was a huge play to get Cam out the back door and get a first down run there because they were at a point in time there where they knew they weren't going to really be able to throw the football. They're having all sorts of trouble doing that out there today. So to finally get a nice big run by Cam, chunk run, first down play, and then you tack on the 15-yard penalty, and that's how they got into field goal range. All of that really did add value. Now, I'm not saying that that you know, masks the fact that he had such a terrible passing game, but at least they do add something like that to the mix with Cam Newton at quarterback. So the question really is, is is your replacement, a Jared Stidham, for example, so much better at Cam, than Cam at passing the football that it also, you know, kind of makes up for the fact that that, that quarterback that's replacing Cam is not going to be the same type of runner as Cam is. And now you're not playing 11 on 11 anymore and you can't do some of the things they do with the quarterback design, rollouts, design running plays, uh, RPOs, read options, things like that. So, I, again, also, too, though, you mentioned that the pe people would kind of be ragging on Cam really hard if he wasn't Cam Newton. But I also think that because he is Cam Newton, he does kind of deserve a longer leash. You know, he played a great game last week. This week he plays a terrible game. But let's not just throw him out the door because he had one bad game. I think he has earned this year at least the respect to be able to have some bad games, have some stinkers, and then have that ability to bounce back next week. He has, but again, it now goes back to the question of what is your goal and that's where stuck here a little bit with this Patriots team not only uh is Cam's presence out there you know limiting uh in terms of what he's able to do but able to assess certain things uh, 
uh, that you have out there. And again, I don't want to always take back to uh, Nikhil, which we're going to talk about again, because we're going to talk about Nikhil every single time. He has zero catches on a few targets, but we'll get to Nikhil in a minute. But you're trying to see what you have in some people. You want to open things up and really see what what you can do. And with Cam, it's very, 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 very limiting what you can do because you're just kind of simplifying it, running the type of things that he's comfortable with, recognizing, as you said, the value that he creates other places somewhat offsets what you might get from a more traditional passer or someone who's able to run more of a Patriot-style offense with quick hitters and timing and, and, and such and such. So... That's what you have. And again, don't know because the only other alternative is Stidham. But I, again, I wonder, are you getting a fair shake at Harry or Myers or even, you know, operating out of the city where to play a little bit or Bird uh, or any of these guys that ends if and when they come back here, when you've got a guy who's going to be inaccurate late, not, you know, not hitting them when they do get open. Uh, and I don't know what that does for you in terms of evaluating where you're, where you are coming back next season. Well, I mean, I thought that he played fine last week and more than fine last week. So we did get to see some of Jacoby and Demir Bird obviously went off against the Texans the week before sure. or the month before, I should say, really. It was the Jacoby Myers show. So I think we have had opportunities to see those guys. I think the biggest thing that you see with Cam as a passer is that he's really built as a thrower to attack the intermediate and the deep part of the field. But the problem is what teams are doing is that they're really coming after him at quarterback and the Cardinals are already a blitz happy team anyways they're ranking the top five in blitz frequency coming into the game and the pro what happens is when you blitz so much when the defense is blitzing so much it takes a while to get those intermediate and deep routes down the field especially with receivers outside of Demir Bird that might not necessarily be blazers or have top speed so when you couple those things together the defense is really dictating the terms to the Patriots offense on a lot of, in a lot of these sequences where they're saying, okay, we're not going to allow cam to be cam and take those longer drops and get the ball deep down the field. Like he did against Houston at times, we're going to blitz him and make him go quick. And we're going to make him turn into a hot read thrower. Meaning when the blitz is coming, the ball needs to come out instantly. And that's what they're going to continue to do. And they're going to harp on the fact that cam Newton is not going to have the timing. He's not going to have the synchronization. He's not going to have the comfortability in the offense and knowing where his protection is set and where he is protected and where he's not protected. And we're also not going to allow him to uncork the deep ball. And if you can do all of those things by just blitzing the quarterback, then it really mitigates everything that Cam Newton is good at as a thrower. So the one thing that I've tried to point out a lot this year is that Cam really is at his best in that 10 to 20 yard range down the field. He's got a good deep ball also, yep. but 10 to 20 yards is his sweet spot. It has been his entire career. That's, probably, fair, but that's where he's yeah. among the most accurate, if not the most accurate passer in that 10, in that 10 yard range. Right. right. When he's in rhythm in rhythm is different from Tom that Brady's factor. rhythm. It's more so like a 2.65, 2.7 second rhythm where he's letting some of those routes develop where they're using vertical passing concepts and using kind of guys filling in at the intermediate level off of vertical routes. That's Cam Newton's game. That's what we saw him do well against Houston. But the problem is, is that when you get so much pressure on the quarterback, when you're blitzing the quarterback and you're giving him a lot of those different pressure looks for the QB, the ball needs to come out. So that's where Cam is not necessarily the best is the short passes, the timing throws, the synchronization with his receivers off the blitz, 
that's where teams are starting to really kind of harp on it with him and feast on it with him. Whereas when the Texans kind of sat back in coverage and allowed Cam Newton to just stand there and read out the coverage and make throws down the field, he shredded them. But when they don't let him sit back there comfortably, he has problems. And, and that, I think, is a lot to do with his comfortability within the scheme right now because it's not just knowing where the receivers are going to go based off of the read and based off of the blitz. It's also knowing where his protection is, where his help is in terms of, you know, is the running back staying in to protect? Is the tight end staying in to protect? Is this a six-man protection? Is it a five-man protection? All those types of nuances to the scheme, that takes time to kind of learn that and get comfortable with it. And defenses are just counting on the fact that Cam Newton is not comfortable yet in this offense and with his weapons, albeit limited, but the guys he does have around him, that if they blitz him and they come after him, then he's not going to have the answers and we're going to see a game like we saw today. And again, I'm just speaking to, and I know you see it in the chat and we see it every single week. I'm just speaking to the fans point, Evan. It's not, not necessarily that things Cam doesn't, that things don't work for Cam or he makes it better in some ways or that he's better than whatever else they have here. It's absolutely, it's just, you're talking about uh, a fan base that I think has very limited patience here uh, with, 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 Tell the, me about it. with the, but it's, it's a fact. And so you're going to yeah. make, you're making quick judgments here. And I think the judgment is I'm all set with cam. It doesn't mean uh, that he's horrible. It just he's means correct. that I, th- we did not, we did not reincarnate, you know, Cam Newton from his MVP season and catch lightning in a bottle and, uh, and, and, and trick the rest of the NFL. And Bill Belichick did it again with say he's the smartest man alive and look what he got Cam Newton off the scrap heap. And he's a top five quarterback. Didn't happen. It's fine. It's it's the reality is he is what he is. They're competitive, but that's it. Nobody wants that. And so everybody wants something else. That something else just may or may not exist. And I think that's why the chat is constantly filled with comments saying, let's get to the draft next year, draft a quarterback, something, something, because you just want to believe that whatever you have, if it's not going to be good today, it's going to be good tomorrow or the next day or the next day. What you can't abide is mediocrity or just blah. And right now it is just kind of blah and that's what it is so uh speaking I wish of- he, we saw some improvements from him really you know that that's the biggest and we have, we have I, his I, numbers i shouldn't over- say that i but we, we, improvements in certain areas of the game the quick passing game handling the blitz he's had times where he's handled the blitz better and and then in, in certain weeks than in other weeks against baltimore against the jets they blitzed him a lot and he handled it pretty well but that seems to be the game plan against him is force him to be a within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage thrower. If you can force him to get the ball out quickly to throw to the short area of the field, he doesn't have the timing and he doesn't have the accuracy right now to be able to be proficient on those types of passes. It's a little thing too, where like, you know, there are a couple of plays like the James white screen that I mentioned that screen's probably not going much of anywhere anyways, but if that throw isn't high over James white's head, at least it gives the running back a chance to set up his blocks and make a move maybe create something out of nothing instead it throws off the entire timing of the play there's other times where we also see that the ball is a little bit behind or it's a little bit too far in front and these yak type of runs these yak type of routes where you need to put the ball on the receiver and lead him into the yak but instead the ball is just a little bit off it's still caught it still goes down as a completion in the box score but the ball is a little bit off and it just causes the runner to just not have that same runway that he would have in a normal 
normal situation. Right. If the ball comes out cleanly and is led to him and has it gives him an opportunity to create with the ball in his hands. So the proficiency, the efficiency, whatever word you want to use, and the short passing game is definitely a concern for the Patriots. So what are teams doing? They're forcing them to throw the ball short. And that's what the Cardinals did today effectively. This segment's powered by BetOnline.ag, our exclusive online wagering partners. NFL football continues on, and while you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or which players play or don't play, BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always way more options to wager at Bet Online than anywhere else online. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests. Use the code CLNS50. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We have now reached the uh, uh, Nikhil Harry portion of the show. There we go. Look, it is what it is. It's. Yeah. We know how this conversation goes. Evan defends Nikhil Harry. Everybody gets really mad at Evan. Um, they light up the things and says, why are you defending him? Forget about it. We're not doing that again. We are talking about is at this point, does he belong on the field, period? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I get it. In three receiver sets, you're going to have. When Julian Edelman comes back, does Nikhil Harry see the field at, at all at this point? And again, we have to go over it. The production isn't there. There's There are a couple times, and they showed one on the broadcast too, where he's running free across the middle of the field. Cam doesn't hit him. Again, he's short of the sticks there, but you give him a chance there to make a play. Uh, you know, fine, there's that. There was another play, I think, also where he was open by a yard or two heading down the field, and Cam did not throw it there. So what people see at home is – Three targets, no receptions, one drop, um, a bad penalty, and also a questionable, whatever, a penalty, and then absolutely blowing a blocking assignment that ended, uh, yeah. that, that killed the drive on that set. It was second and five, turns into third and 13 because he doesn't, he just does not make his block there. And the play gets eaten up for an eight yard loss. Drive killer. Patriots go three and out very quickly and give the ball back there definitely not what you wanted to see happen on that, on that possession. So um, almost everything was bad. Everything was bad today. Uh, You can't point to a single positive thing that Nikhil Harry did. So, here we are again. Hey, he made a good block on that screen to Demir Bird early on in the game. Here's the thing. Here, here's my my little two cents about Nikhil Harry. The reason why I don't kind of jump on the train of bashing Nikhil Harry all the time is because I know behind the scenes how hard the kid works at it. He's just not. He's just not. It's not working for him, right? Plus, it's it's not, he's just not good at football. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, John. That's he what I'm trying. He to tries. Say. He tries. He didn't draft himself in the first round. You know, it, none of these things are necessarily his fault. So to me, it's just like piling on this topic over and over and over again gets not gets nauseating because it's like they made the wrong pick. He's not the player they wanted him to be. They should have picked, you know, seven guys ahead of him in the draft instead of Nikhil Harry. We don't have to list them all out. The pick was wrong. The decision was wrong. But that's on Belichick. That's on Nick Casario. That's on the front office. Don't I don't like to blame the player for getting overdrafted when it was clear at the time that the player got overdrafted, right? I mean, what's the point of that? What's the point of saying that DK Metcalf is better than Nikhil Harry when DK Metcalf was better than Nikhil Harry three years 
years ago, and I could have told you he was going to be better than Nikhil Harry in the NFL. So blame the right guys. Don't I don't know. Nikhil the jury's Harry. still out on that one, Evan. Blame the right guys. The right guys to blame on Nikhil Harry are the decision makers, Bill Belichick in the front office for making the pick to begin with. He had limitations in college. He, I called him a gadget player when they drafted him because he was a guy that was really mostly useful on screens and jet sweeps and plays in space and running against zone coverage and then jump, out jumping the defense, which is the one skill I think people would like to see them use more. But then again, on that slant that he dropped, that's that contested catch that you would like to see him come down with that he didn't come down with. It's clearly not working. It's clearly not a good pick at this stage of the of the game, and that's there's no disputing that whatsoever i just don't like harping on it because no it's, that's fine it, it's a bad decision by the personnel department and that's all it needs to and be. that's that's all i'm saying is uh I, I i again people are people want the first round pick to perform well not Nikhil harry Nikhil right. harry's probably not capable of doing any of the things that people want to see him do so i am talking practically speaking at this point i find it hard to believe if edelman were to return this year that harry would see snaps Let's at all and at, this Dante point, Moncrief saying at this point you wonder if Moncrief creeps past him on the yeah. depth chart already and so i mean you could be looking at like in 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 the coming weeks here with harry which i mean again is sad but it's i i wonder honestly if he were cut tomorrow does he make any anything other than another team's practice squad yeah you know it's sad to say but i not. saw today more explosiveness and contact balance from Dante Moncrief on that kick return that we've seen from Nikhil Harry in his entire NFL career. Yeah. Moncrief has got the same size as Nikhil Harry. He probably can block just as well as Nikhil Harry can. And two weeks in a row, last week against Houston, he had a 15-yard reception on a shallow crosser that he broke a tackle and was able to run out of an angle and get up the field. And then he obviously returns a big kickoff here today for over 50 yards. So two plays in the last two weeks by Dante Moncrief where he's already showing more explosiveness than Nikhil Harry. I don't know if Moncrief has the comfortability in the scheme yet to play such a large role, but it's clear to me that he might actually be a better receiver right now than Nikhil Harry. I don't even know if that's a, a question mark. Like, I don't even know if that's a debate to be had. I think Dante Moncrief is a better receiver than Nikhil Harry and probably should be playing over Nikhil Harry moving forward. But I think the Patriots are going to be stubborn and continue to try to make the first round pick work instead of trying to go to the journeyman wide receiver that's been on their practice squad the last you know month or so or whatever it's and that's the thing is it's it, it it makes sense for the patriots to do everything they can to see if they can not completely give in a give up on this investment right. in only year two but uh, just the smart thing to do would be that you're bill belichick you've won six super bowls you got all the job security in the world admit you were wrong admit you made a bad pick and move on. They basically have done that. It took to year three, but they basically have done that with Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, he was injured and he obviously missed a few games. He came back today. It was still predominantly the Damian Harris show, right? I think they've realized that Damian Harris is the better back than Sony Michelle at this stage. So realize the same thing with Nikhil. Jacoby Myers is better. Demir Bird is better. And there's a good chance that Dante Moncrief might be better as well. So do the right thing. Don't get caught in the fact that you'd made the pick in the first round and you got to need you need this guy to work to prove that you can still draft and all that kind of stuff don't get caught up in all that minutiae just go with the best player yeah and uh and again that's it is sad because again it's really yeah it really is you're torn between um you know what you want to see 
happen with this year, which is if you want to see it as a development year, which many people do, you would like to see a little bit more of uh, Nikhil. Just throw it, just throw it to it. What we haven't seen all year, which has been frustrating, is some 50-50s, you know, yeah. um, some some jump balls, some toss-ups Correct. on the sidelines, some back shoulders. You'd love to see them force the issue some to see if that's even a viable option. You're 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 having them run these, you know, little crossers or whatever. He's just not getting clean. They've turned him into a short yardage receiver. They've turned him into an underneath receiver because he doesn't have the speed or the route running to run deep routes or intermediate routes. So basically what they're saying is you're going to play the X, you're going to block, you're going to run shallow crossers, you're going to run slants. And that's it. And that's it. And we're going to throw the ball to Jacoby and we're going to throw the ball to Demir Bird. And those are going to be the guys that we run our offense through in the passing game. And the kill Harry is really just out there for his block. Clearing out the middle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And especially that where they don't have the tight ends at all. But um, it, it is you'd like to see if the thing we think he could possibly do based on his size yeah. and athleticism is even in play. And they, just, they haven't done enough of that. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, despite his size, he plays a great deal smaller than 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 than, than he looks and then than, 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 than the paper says. Um, so. Again, not to harp too, too much on the negative again for people at home. Obviously, uh, this was a, uh, a solid win for the Patriots here. Uh, uh, 20 to 17, last second, 50-yard field goal from Folk. We haven't talked a ton about it, but certainly um, we did at the top a little bit here. Uh, amazing bounce back game from the defense. Um, Gilmore, a couple penalties. One was egregious near the end there. Then you had the double offset did a really solid job on Hopkins for most of the game. You could say on that one zero blitz play there where he had the big cushion, you know, to me, I personally say you're going to sell out. You got to take some risk there. You got to play it a little tighter rather than give that one up. That was about it. A couple other catches for sure, but everything was in front of him. Uh, that's a phenomenal job. Murray definitely wasn't a hundred percent with the shoulder situation there. So that was limiting. And I think that really hurt his ability to open it up. Uh, Patriots were fortunate there, but Great game from Adam Butler, uh, Lawrence Guy, the interior of that defensive line. Uh, you know, on that fourth down stop there, you had Guy eating up two people, uh, uh, you know, tying up two guys and just yeah. pushing back. So, I mean, really good, stout play from a lot of people. Uh, Uche, again, uh, looked like the most athletic person in that front seven uh, when he is given opportunities. Uh, so there's definitely a bunch of things to like that you saw on the defensive side of the ball. Thank God. And finally, finally, we got some pressure on the quarterback yeah. with some design scheme exactly. pressure. I've been waiting all year for this, and I've kind of been using the excuse of a new defense, new personnel, young personnel out there a lot, as Bill Belichick likes to point out. And I said, okay, you know, it's going to take some time for them to get into the zero blitz package, for them to get into their simulated pressures where they're showing five guys on the line of scrimmage and one drops and one rushes. And you got to kind of figure out as an offensive line who's coming, who's dropping, and, and kind of work that out post-snap. Those are the types of things that we saw this defense really from – the midpoint of 2018 all the way through the end of 2019 really feast on opposing quarterbacks is with different pressure and exotic pressure looks and trying to kind of confuse the quarterback and the offensive line. I thought last week they really bailed out a bad Houston offensive line by not doing more of that. Now the zero blitz strategy, maybe not against Deshaun Watson, but some of the other pressure looks that they ran today, they almost sort of got back into the Amoeba defense. I don't think we went full Amoeba yet, but we went, you know, into a, 
a different sort of look where five or six guys are kind of up and near the line of scrimmage and they're not really sure what's going to happen then late set late in the in the uh, pre-snap clock you know the safety bails into the middle of the field and they run a typical kind of basic structure or then maybe they bring a zero or maybe they bring five and maybe they bring four on those simulated pressures I was talking about that's what this defense needs to do can continue to do moving forward the bend don't break stuff is good when you have a great quarterback and a great offense like in the early part of uh, the last decade you know 2012 through 2017 you can sort of understand you have Tom Brady this elite quarterback you just don't want to give up points on defense so that you can keep Tom Brady on the field and, and let him make plays and let him win you games now the defense like it did in 2018 like it did at times in 2019 certainly for the beginning part of the season they need to be an impact unit they need to be a unit that forces negative plays that gives good field position to the offense that really controls the game on that side of the football finally 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 we saw bill belichick and steve belichick turn up the spin the dial as they call it right sometimes the safeties show their pre-snap look what they're going to be in post-snap sometimes they don't they're rotating different spots they're blitzing guys from all over the place that's where the Patriots defense is at at best when they're skimming it up and they're cooking it all up like that. They can really be a negative play defense. That was probably the best defensive performance we've seen from New England since week four in Kansas City. And it might have even been better than that game in Kansas City in some ways because yeah. of the way they got after Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I thought he was limited, certainly by his shoulder a little bit potentially. But he really did look confused at times back there trying to decipher what exactly the Patriots defense was rotating into after the snap. So a much better coaching performance, a much better scheme, a much better game plan from the Pats defense today. And if we can see this defense for the next five games to end this season You'll maybe, they can, maybe they can be competitive and you could run the table yeah it's crazy but if they can play defense like that they're not gonna they're not gonna play defense like that every single week where they're completely uh you know really locking down a good offense here i think what do they hold uh Kyler to something like five yards per play 4.3 yards per play i mean that's that's it stellar that's superb that's right. not gonna always happen but the fact is is that when they finally put some pressure on the quarterback now all of a sudden their coverage looks a lot better everything looks a lot better and again uche and kyle duggar playing major roles and getting after the qb making tackles in space, running